Welcome to Autism Weekly, the podcast that discusses autism news, current events, and inclusion. Each week, we welcome a guest to the program to share their unique perspective and expertise as it relates to the fascinating world of autism. I'm your host, Jeff Skabitsky. I'm the founder and president at ABS. I've been in the field of autism and applied behavior analysis as a clinician and advocate for nearly two decades. This week, we welcome Sarah Bradford. She's a children's book author who writes under the pen name S.J. Childs. Many of her books have main characters that have special needs. These children's books teach children how to help themselves and support their peers through awareness and inclusion. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me today, Jeff. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. I think it's, it's interesting that in mainstream media, the idea of having special needs characters used to be few and far between. You used to have maybe To Kill a Mockingbird. You mm -hmm. had Rain Man. Um, nowadays, it seems like it's popping up everywhere. It's uh, in TV shows, Boston Legal, Bones, it's in uh, Emily, Big Bang Theory. What, what is it that brought you to kind of get into the, the genre of, of really immersing special needs into, into media, into stories? Yeah, um, I would love to tell you about that story. In fact, um, I myself and both of my children were born with a physical difference. And myself growing up, uh, people would often refer to me as little ears instead of my name. And so when my children were both born with that same heredity, you know, hereditary difference. I wanted them to be able to move through the world knowing that their differences didn't need to define who they were, that they could be proud of their differences, be proud of who they were, but be seen for who they are and not for the differences that they display to the world. Um, and so my books, I really wanted to show that, uh, first off, they should have, you know, the confidence within themselves to just know that how they move through the world is the way that they will uh, be perceived, mm -hmm. not how they look. And and of course, with children, that's that's not always uh, apparent at first. You know, they see somebody with a disability. Um, the first thing is is fear. Out of not knowing, it's all knowledge based. And once those kids are armed with the knowledge and the information to see the perceptions of these kids as just kids, just like them just yeah. with, you know, a different way to maybe support them, then that's where I think our change will start to, to move and, you know, sway in the future. That's, uh, that sounds super powerful. It's, it's really empowering the community around your child, as well as your child themselves through the process. Yeah. Is that, was that the intent? Was the intent really to focus on, you know, I want my, I want my child to understand how they're feeling. Yeah. But I really want others to understand that there's not much different from the way my child's navigating the world. It's that they might have different views on different things or different perspectives or different access to mm -hmm. different components. But we're yeah. all in this together. Isn't that the truth? And I think it's so important that we start at these early, early ages to get those early children to see that the acceptance and awareness of inclusion around them is so important for them moving forward, making relationships in the future with 
with everyone. That's what we do on a regular basis everywhere we go. And the more support we give children to understand how to make these relationships best work, the better, like I said, the better future we are making for ourselves and our children's generations to come. Yeah, and it seems like when I was reading through the the series of books that you've put out, which are absolutely wonderful, and and hopefully we'll be able to get to letting everybody know <laughs> where to find them, but you have specific characters, um, and whether it's Anna the kitten or Wiley the worried worm or DJ the bear, it's that they all have this very special way of interacting and sharing their experience. How did you come up with those characters? You know, I started with thinking, okay, what type of character uh, displays itself in the world in tons of different, you know, physical characteristic cats, for example, right? The book about Anna the Kitten is about a book about physical differences, which is so uh, understandable for kids that say, of course, I don't even know two cats that look the same. That makes a lot of sense to me. I can understand this perspective that all these cats are different. They have different spots on their noses, different color tails. It's okay that I have little ears as a kitten too. So I wanted to really show all of the differences make us up all who we are. And um, as far as DJ the bear goes, um, I really wanted to show in the very beginning kind of his attitude towards the world, the way we perceived it was grumpy and grouchy and kind of not wanting to show uh, attention to us, which was confusing for us as a family. We didn't understand his way of processing at the time. So I, that was kind of how I came up with that idea for the bear book was to show kind of his, you know, rough exterior the perception that it was um but of course he changes and evolves through the book which which is amazing and so i really just tried to find characters that i could relate the story with the worm book is about anxiety and you can imagine a scared little worm underneath the grass while a bird above him is singing along mm -hmm. and he just can't seem to get the courage to go up to the grass, you know, because he can hear all of these things happening. And so I really wanted to just display and make it easy for kids to understand and um, easy to not only look at their own selves and kind of think, wow, this is what anxiety looks like. Uh, I get this stomach ache and my heart races. They don't understand what bi those biological things that are happening in their bodies at this time. Yeah. We have to give them these tools. We have to give them this knowledge so that they can say, oh my gosh, I'm so worried about this test coming up. It's giving me anxiety. Hey, let's work on some breathing exercises. Let's work on some ways that you can study harder so that you feel more confident. We need to help them work through these things. And we can't do that without them having the knowledge that they need them in the first place. Yeah. I, you know, I love the way that you're able to take that that balance between acceptance and inclusion and understanding all these differences, but also be able to kind of tie it back into is that no matter who we are, we all have things we're working on. I have things I'm working on. You probably <laughs> have things you're working on as do the characters in your story. So how do you balance out the, that, that need for, you know, uh, outright acceptance of this is yeah. who I am versus this is who I want to be as well. And sometimes I have to work really hard 
to be able yeah. to do that, whether it's DJ the bear and learning how to navigate social situations or whether it's uh, the, the worm and being able to really come out and be confident in the world. How do you do that? I hope through the books that I've showed a lot of modeling behaviors. Um, in one of the books with the DJ the Bear, uh, he has two two different book series, and one of them is about how the mom goes to the mall before Christmas time. She talks to Santa Bear, and she tells him, these are the things, when I bring DJ to the mall, these are the things that he's going to need support with. These are the kinds of things that parents need to have the tools, the resources to say, okay, this is how I should move through this situation through with my child. And if it doesn't work, then we try other avenues, just like we do with everything. But I think that a lot of times parents don't know how to, they don't even know they need to know how to move through a situation in a different way. So I really hope that these books shed some light on some different ways to access those resources and tools and um, really support these kids. Yeah, it, it, when I look at how much effort that, because in the clinical world, I get to see all the children really putting in the, the drive to, to meet their motivations, to be able to access those things that are important to them and are important to their family. But that's a lot of work. That's a lot of effort that oftentimes comes with um, the acceptance of this is where I'm at right now, but this is where I want to be. And I don't see it far different than my life as far as I have goals that I'm shooting for and I have to work hard to get those. It's just slightly different what those goals are in the vehicle to get there. And when you talk to families who have read through your books, or when you talk to the, the young children, whether it's uh, siblings, friends, or the child who's affected, what's their response to that? How, yeah. Are they picking up on that? Yeah, definitely. You know, my children are now nine and 11 and I just wrote these books. Um, I've just published them and made them into books within the last year. I wrote them several years ago, but they have obvious, they now they're able to read them themselves. And I know that it has helped my daughter with her confidence. I know that she has now gained kind of a sense of I can conquer anything because my mom has let me know that even though these differences have occurred for me, she made it okay. She's making it a story known for me to tell the world, hey, my daughter's okay. Like, just let her move through this world, you know, in a, in a way that is, is good for her. And I think that, it, you know, another great thing that's come out of it is she has actually published her own book. She has illustrated her own ABC book in these books, and we've been able to publish it for her. And that's just like something I, I don't know any eight-year-old can say that they, you know, have accomplished in their lives. And it just really set her up on track to move forward with this, this great confidence in not only herself and having a difference, but she is, of course, the main supporter of her brother. She is the little big sister, as I'm sure occurs with a lot of families. And it's really given her kind of um, 
almost another path to walk on to say, okay, now I can share these books with my classmates. I can share these books with my teachers at my school and I can start helping to educate others on in my world that I'm in as a child. And, um, to, you know, answer one of the things that you said, one of the responses from the children. Amazing. Uh, I donated the series of books to my daughter's class last year. And I went in for parent teacher conference and said, you know, how are the books? Do the children like them? And she said, they fight over them. They fight over the books. They all want to read these books. They love the bright, colorful pictures, the big print that is easy for them to read. And, and uh, they just really loved the messages. And just imagine the powerful, you know, information that these children, these 20 children are taking with them now into their lives. Yeah. They, you know, it's, it's just so powerful and amazing. And, you know, when I started this, it wasn't to be a million dollar bookseller. It was to get the message in front of these families and in front of children um, where it's going to make the most difference. And yeah, I just really hope that, you know, schools and classrooms take advantage of these really priceless gifts. Yeah, I mean, you, you hit on something there that I think that uh, oftentimes goes overlooked. It's the idea that how powerful it is to be able to share our vulnerabilities and mm -hmm. how much that not only empowers us, but empowers others around us to feel confident that they can expose some of that to the world themselves. And it makes us all stronger because it gives us that, that community to continue to build. Is that part of the reason that you find it so important to have uh, a diverse uh, candidate selection in your book. Yeah, writing. yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I can give you another example from one of the books is um, uh, Halloween time, for example, you know, we go trick or treating and our son is so friendly. Um, when people open their doors, he thinks it's an invitation to go in. So trick-or-treating has been difficult for us over the years. It's been difficult in people's responses to not understanding why he's trying to come in mm -hmm. or, you know, why he wants to know what model their car is. And just these, you know, responses that they're not used to. And so last year, I decided I'm going to put a sticker on his costume that says, I have autism, please be patient. And the response I had from all of the neighborhood was incredible. Everyone took time to be patient. They got down on his level to talk to him and answer what year they were born and what model car they drove. You know, every, they didn't question, was this kid going to use my social security number against me here somewhere? You know, <laughs> it wasn't any, um, they all were armed with the knowledge. They were all able to give him the space that he needed to be himself trick-or-treating as any kid would want to be having fun. And they didn't judge us as a family or him for anything beyond what they knew, which is really powerful in itself that I'm not saying run around and put labels on everyone, but in the instances where you are going to need the perception of the you know, population to understand, why not? Yeah. Why not give them that knowledge and power? They're able to then move so much more fluidly and um, with so much more 
you know, probably confidence in their own selves and not fear of what they're not understanding from the behaviors. It's almost by, uh, by opening that up, by allowing others to know maybe something about your child is that it gave him the chance to be successful in that environment, to show off his skills, to be a yeah. part of the community and to contribute. So what advice do you give to parents that go out, buy these books, and they want to use that social story? They want to be able to incorporate it into how their child is interacting or how others are responding to your child. How do you, how do you suggest utilizing that material? Um, well, I mean, obviously read it to your child, <laughs> you know, reading it is, is the most important part because then that opens up the discussions with your, um, children with neurodiversities without it, it, it doesn't matter. Like everybody is, needs to be armed with the knowledge to make good relationships work. Um, but I also have included in all of the books, question and answer forums in the back where they can get the um, meat of their questions answered. You know, what is a meltdown? Uh, what is Down syndrome is one of my books. What is a chromosome? What is DNA? I really wanted to let these children explore it also on their own. What kind of perceptions are you going to get from this book on your own? How are you going to, you know, perceive these people in the future or help them? Are you going to be more friendly and, um, you know, really just kind of comes back to the hope that they'll have a, a better perception and be supportive. And, and these books are really for everyone. You know, my son just, I just got all this podcasting equipment and stuff. And so he's been sitting down and doing recordings of himself. And he read the DJ, the bear book in first person the other day. And it's the first person, the first time I've ever heard him do that. That's and awesome. I, I did notice the kind of like, oh, this is about me. Oh, okay, okay. And then just kind of moved through the story. But it was the first time that I've seen him kind of have that awareness that this book is written about me and it shows, you know, how I started and now how I've evolved. So I, it's really beautiful. It would have been an amazing experience if I could have been a fly <laughs> on the wall for that. I, yeah. I, just seeing somebody who's where that clicks, where it's like, yeah. you know what, this, this is what I'm experiencing. This is my life. And yeah. to feel proud about it, I think yeah. is super important as well. Um, and right now with, with autism is that acceptance, commitment, um, putting the therapeutic principles into play in everyday life becomes so important for somebody to be able to progress. And what you've been able to do is that you've created these stories where you're drawing the, the chance for people to be able to speak about where their skill sets are, what they're capable of doing, and the idea of patience or understanding that I'm going about this differently, but we can all get there eventually. It's just yeah. we might take a different path. Um, and whether it's the therapeutic principles um, or being able just to kind of enter into community environments, it becomes important. How does, how does therapy play a role into DJ the bear? How, yeah. does, how does that come into play? You know, we actually do mention in that, that through therapy and diet changes is where we saw the most effective uh, progress for him. Um, we have been 
um, doing ABA with DJ for five or six years, and he was diagnosed at 16 months. So very, very early. He's 11. So kind of like you, I've you know been a, a decade-long autism expert now, and um, really being able to see the different ways. And you know, great a great tip that I'm sure that you give a lot of families is find what works. If something isn't working, try something new, and you will eventually, hopefully find, you know, that, that one nugget that works wonderfully. I think it's really individualized and it really has to be taken with that, uh, foresight that it has to be individualized to that specific needs of the family, you know, needs of the child, obviously. Um, but I think that now we're getting so much more services and I really like that, we're also now kind of including a parent um, support system with that as well, which is so important. I, when we first found out, it was really hard to know how to move forward as a parent. You see what the therapist is doing and you're not a therapist, so you can only do your best at that point. But when we finally had one of our therapists step in and say, okay, this is your next step. These next two, three steps are yours. This is where you make the move. It was, it was just so valuable. And that is when we started to be able to build those bonds of communication and um, relationships with him. I think that what you just said was very poignant. I think that the idea that with parent education, creating a team that can all be supportive, whatever treatment goals are in place, and realizing that treatment isn't about changing your child. Mm -mm. It's about empowering them to Absolutely. be able to do all the things that are going to be so important in their life and enjoyable in their life. I think that that is the key to, I think, what your stories are saying, but I think also what you just expressed there. So what other exciting projects do we expect <laughs> out, of, out of Sarah yeah, Bradford? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have other books in the works that I will be working on, um, as well as I'm collaborating to make um, a parent handbook, a parent handbook that has, you know, resources to to gain from. And um, like I said, I think that that's really important that we support parents and we show them those one, two, three steps that they can take right away from the beginning. Uh, so yeah, that that's kind of where I'm, you know, moving into the future, not to mention our future looks different. You know, I've, everybody loves to say, oh, when we get back to normal, when we, but it's not, we're not going to go back. We are going forward to a new normal and we need to find What's going to make things work for our new normal? How, are, how can we support these kids that are homeschooling? Um, how can we get more support in online forums, online support systems? Because that's kind of where our world is at at this moment. And so I think it's really important that we try to build something for the future that we don't know what's going to happen yet. So... I can't wait to, yeah. <laughs> to see those books come out. And, and so where, uh, where can we access these books? And especially your daughter's books as oh, well. Oh, thank so, you. Go. Yeah, there you can find them all on my website, which is www.sjchildsbooks.com. And our Facebook page is All for Kids Books, the number four. And uh, yeah, we have an Instagram page at SJ Child's books. So 
all over really on social media. Um, Amazon is where the books are for sale. Uh, however, they have entered the realm of walmart.com, barnesandnoble.com, and some other um, online bookstores as well. So that's exciting that if you have memberships through those other services, you can find the books there too. Uh, well, thank you so much, Sarah. I, I feel like these these concepts are so important, yet sometimes it's hard to find them. And having that resource that you're putting out there and that you continue to build on is going to be so important for a lot of families to really put things into perspective. So I appreciate your time today. Thank and, you. um, and we hope to have you back some other time to be able to continue this discussion. I would love that. I would really love that, Jeff. And I thank you guys for your important work that you're doing as well. Thank you for listening to Autism Weekly. We hope you tune back in next week to learn more about autism in the real world. Autism Weekly is now found on all of the major listening apps, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, and more. Subscribe to be notified when we post a new podcast. Autism Weekly is produced by ABS. ABS is proud to provide diagnostic assessments and ABA therapy to children with developmental delays like Autism Spectrum Disorder. You can learn more about ABS and the Autism Weekly Podcast by visiting abskids, that's plural, dot com. Thank you for tuning in. See you again next week.